dropping on my face. It's a man, it's a man, watch that. It's a man, it's a man, watch that. It's a man, it's a man, watch that. Welcome to the Matt Watch That Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Sarosky, filmmaker, film fan. Each episode, I'm going to review a movie or TV pilot that I probably should have seen but never got around to. It could be a recent favorite, critic's choice, or cult classic. Everyone can join in on the fun. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've reviewed or suggestions as to what I should see next, use the hashtag MattWatchThat on social. Before we start, on this episode, we're going to be celebrating National Hispanic Heritage Month and focusing on movies, television, and music that feature artists of Spain, Mexican, Caribbean, and Central and South American descent. According to the HispanicHeritageMonth.gov website, the day of September 15th is significant because it's the anniversary of independence for Latin American countries Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua. In addition, Mexico and Chile celebrate their independence days on September 16th and September 18th, respectively. Mexico is one of my favorite places to visit. I took a trip down there in my 20s. Yes, I went to Cancun. No, it wasn't spring break but I did venture outward and experience a bit of the culture. They have some of the most pristine waters I've ever seen. Got thrown around by a couple of waves, almost lost my bathing suit. The only issue I have is with the sand, because it sticks to you and when you try and rub it off, it feels like sandpaper against your skin. One day I went out to Ishgaret, which is a theme park and nature preserve in one, and they had an attraction called Mexico Espectacular, which featured Juego de Pelota, which translates to ball game, Sounds better in Spanish. There are two opposing teams, and the object was to hit the ball with your hip through a circular ring. Watching it partially inspired me to write a scene about it in a book that I hope to get published. But you heard it here first. I also went to a mall because that's initially what Americans think. Want to experience the culture? Go to a mall. But there was a store that had medieval weaponry in it. I'm telling you, I was in heaven. This was legit. There was a mace, the thing with the spikes on the end of the ball, that if I swung it around, I would have taken out at least 12 eyes. They even had a replica Connor McLeod sword from Highlander. It's also the mall where I paid $37 for ice cream because I didn't understand the pesos conversion. Most expensive ice cream I've ever had, but it was delicious. And I have to tell you, some of the best food I ever had was in Mexico. The spices, the flavors, just absolutely incredible. I'm all about Taco Tuesday. I spoke with a couple of locals while there, and it's funny how much your brain actually retains, because it had been years since I'd graduated, and I probably hadn't used any Spanish in that time, but words just kept firing out of my face, and I'm like, where is this coming from? I can also understand a lot more Spanish than I can speak, so even when I couldn't properly reply back, there was an awareness that went beyond the language. But it's a really great place with fantastic people, A rich culture. I can't wait to go back one day. On to the main attraction. Each review will end with a ranking out of five stars. One star is skip it. Two stars watch at your own risk. Three stars standard fare. Four stars worth checking out. And five stars must see. Now if I give a title five stars, it doesn't mean I'm comparing it to Casablanca, Jaws, or Seinfeld. 
I ranked titles based on other movies or TV series in that genre and at that time period. So let's jump into it. I'll keep the spoilers to a minimum, tangents to a maximum. These are my ruminations and observations of the movie Stand and Deliver from 1988, based on a true story. It was directed by Ramon Menendez, who helmed Money for Nothing, the Disney Channel original movie Gotta Kick It Up, and the Bribe episode of Tales from the Crypt. He co-wrote the screenplay with producer Tom Muska. The pair would work together on Money for Nothing, Gotta Kick It Up, and Tortilla Soup. The movie starts with the introduction of Jaime Escalante driving to work through a blue-collar neighborhood of Los Angeles. He soon arrives at James A. Garfield High School, where it's his first day. Mr. Escalante is portrayed by Edward James Olmos, who starred in Blade Runner, Selena, and the television series Battlestar Galactica. An amazing show. Or so I've heard. Alphonse! Alphonse! Put that on the list. Mr. Escalante is supposed to be teaching computer science, but the school has no computers due to lack of funding, so the administration gives him a math class. He meets the students and we're given the impression that these are troubled kids. They're making a ruckus, challenging him. As he leaves for the day, Mr. Escalante discovers that the driver's side window of his car has been broken and his radio stolen. But he will not be deterred. He comes back to school the next day dressed as Julia Child. He tries to engage the students with methods that make math more interesting and comprehensible, teaching percentages by cutting apples in different proportions. The lesson is interrupted by the appearance of Angel Guzman and his friend Chucho. After class is over, Mr. Escalante confronts the pair and they subtly threaten him along with the members of their crew. Angel is played by Lou Diamond Phillips, known for La Bamba, Courage Under Fire, Young Guns 1, 2, and the anticipated third sequel. He's also in the so-bad-it's-good horror movie Bats. Daniel Villarreal is Chucho, who appeared in Dead Man on Campus, Speed, and worked behind the scenes on The Ring, Flight Plan, and Tropic Thunder. Now for a little trivial trivia. Daniel Villarreal appeared in American Me, which was directed by and starred Edward James Olmos. During a staff meeting, we learn that James A. Garfield High could be the first school in the history of Los Angeles to lose its accreditation. The math department is in particular trouble and higher test scores are needed, but they lack the resources to implement the changes the district demands. The department chair, Raquel Ortega, doesn't have the faith in the students. She says they barely have a 7th grade education and you can't teach logarithm to illiterates. But Mr. Escalante is determined, believing if you push the students to live up to your expectations of them, they will work harder and exceed them. During class, Mr. Escalante raises the stakes, giving a pop quiz every day. Some students have heard about the accreditation issue and push back against the strong-willed teacher. We start to get a sense of their home lives, and many have to balance the responsibilities to their family along with their homework and studies. Others show willingness to put in the effort. Angel approaches Mr. Escalante and says he wants to fly straight, but also doesn't want his friends seeing him carrying around textbooks. So the teacher gives him three. One for home, one for class, and one for his locker. At another staff meeting, Mr. Escalante announces that he wants to teach calculus next year. He expects that his best students would go to summer school to catch up on trig and math analysis. If they pass the advanced placement tests, they'll get college credit. The department chair has doubts. She doesn't believe the students can handle calculus and the school doesn't even have the books to teach it. When asked if Mr. Escalante thinks he can make it fly, he says, I teach calculus or you can fire me. 
Miss Ortega believes that if the students try and don't succeed, that'll shatter the little self-confidence they have and they aren't the types to bounce back. Or are they? Here's a quote without context. You're like a blind man in a dark room looking for a cat that isn't there. Stand and Deliver was one of the first movies about a teacher inspiring their students to achieve goals no matter how lofty. I think it's quite successful in that regards and still endures with films like Dead Poet Society, Lean On Me, Dangerous Minds. The opening was interesting because it was a helicopter shot over moving water and the upbeat music made it feel like we're in the Caribbean, but the camera pans up and it's actually Los Angeles. A really nice swerve. It's not surprising that Edward James Olmos was nominated for Best Actor in a Leading Role. His performance was stellar and absolutely carries the film. He had a great appearance in Season 6 of Dexter alongside Colin Hanks. He also won a Primetime Emmy Award in 1985 for his work on Miami Vice. You could see how his character changes over the movie as the pressure mounts to get these students' test scores up. He becomes obsessed, sacrificing his time with family to meet those expectations. He's also a little stubborn, not giving an inch with his students, even if they're having personal issues. Coming from a family, mostly of teachers, a couple of us are the black sheep, I've seen firsthand the impact that teachers can have on their students' life for the positive. There's a song I heard on the Muppets called Just One Person, and it's about how having one person believe in you will lead to two people believing in you, and eventually you'll see what others see in you. When you're growing up, you spend just as much time with teachers as you do with family, so their influence is important. So kudos to all the teachers out there. The only problem I have is that there's not enough drama. The opposing force in the film is a test. The students have to pass the test. It's not something you can personify. It's them against their own expectations and overcoming the doubts of the teaching staff. While this leads to a very inspiring story of personal triumph, as a movie, it's not necessarily that dramatic. When they start to showcase the home lives of the students, that's a place where I thought they could have done more to show that, maybe, they can't put in the effort to study because they have to take care of their siblings and parents, or they have to work an extra shift. And they did some of that, but I felt like it needed more. But as someone who never liked math, and always had problems from elementary school on, this film certainly kept my interest. It's not so classroom-based that you feel like you're watching a tutorial. It's a very inspirational story of a teacher who has a passion for his profession, and influencing students to strive to meet the highest standards, not to live to others' expectations based on race or class. This is something to look out for. Jaime Escalante's son, Fernando, was played by Edward James Olmos' son, Bodie. Estelle Harris, who is Mrs. Costanza in Seinfeld and Mrs. Potato Head in Toy Story 2, appears as an office administrator. The cinematography was captured by Tom Richmond, whose filmography includes I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, Little Odessa, House of a Thousand Corpses, and Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. It was edited by Nancy Richards, who's known for Selena, 13, Lords of Dogtown, Warm Bodies, Divergent, Veteran of the Industry. This was her debut feature. The score was composed by Craig Saffin, who wrote the music for The Last Starfighter, Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins, Mr. Wrong, and the television series Cheers. The soundtrack featured songs by Los Illegals, Marcos Loya, Raquel Perez, and Jacinto Guevara. The title of the movie was taken from the song Stand and Deliver by Mr. Mister, most famous for Broken Wings and Kiri. The runtime is 1 hour 42 minutes. It had a budget of $1.6 and grossed $13.9 million at the box office. It was nominated for one Academy Award, two Golden Globes, and seven Film Independent Spirit Awards, winning six.
In 2011, it was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry. In 2016, the United States Postal Service honored Jaime Escalante with a stamp dedication ceremony for his contribution to education through unconventional methods to reach students. Ultimately, the movie comes down to Punch Buggy, Premature Bell, Nethead, Ganas, The Chair, One Shot Deal, Just Kidding, A Contract, Head Gasket, Bulldogs, and Unusual Circumstances. I give it three and a half out of five stars. Add half a star if you're a teacher. And ask for a raise while you're at it. If you've seen Stand and Deliver and have opinions on the movie, let me know what you think using the hashtag MattWatchThat. Moving right along, each episode I'm going to post clips that I think people should watch. It could be movie trailers, music videos, interviews, or something completely random. Search for my YouTube page and there will be a playlist called Matt Watch That Playback. Most people are familiar with Shakira, the Colombian singer, for her crossover album Laundry Service, which featured the hit single Whenever Wherever, and included the memorable lyrics, Lucky that my breasts are small and humble, so you don't confuse them with mountains. Longfellow couldn't have said it better. The song was co-written with producer Tim Mitchell and singer Gloria Estefan. But I was introduced to the queen of Latin music five years prior, when she was still mostly known in Latin countries. In my Spanish class, my teacher would play us music from various artists, and we would have to translate the lyrics into English. It was an out-of-the-box way of learning the language, and certainly more interesting than just repeating words and phrases. One of the songs was Estoy Aquí by Shakira. Even if you don't understand the language, the music is upbeat and catchy, and you might find yourself dancing to it. Or at least tapping your foot. Shakira has sold 75 million records and received numerous accolades over her long career, which started at the age of 13. Talk about an overachiever. She headlined the Super Bowl halftime show with Jenny from the Block, which was viewed by over 100 million people worldwide. These performances are available in the Matt Watch That Playback playlist on YouTube. Check it out. Now it's time for the recommendation. Yes, that's the word recommendation with Matt in the middle. I'm going to end each podcast with my own recommendation of a movie or TV series. Today I'm talking about One Day at a Time. Developed by Gloria Calderon-Kellett and Mike Royce, based on the 1970s series, created by Whitney Blake and Alan Mannings, and executive produced by Brent Miller and Norman Lear, the genius behind All in the Family, The Jeffersons, Sanford and Son, and Maud. It starred Justina Mercado as the head of a Cuban-American family, with Isabella Gomez and Marcel Ruiz as her children. Their grandmother is played by the legendary Rita Moreno, an EGOT winner, who I saw perform at Disney World sometime in the 90s. She was incredible then and continues to defy one's age. Todd Grinnell plays the mustachioed Les Schneider, the landlord of the building. There were guest appearances by Joe Manganiello, Ray Romano, Mindy Sterling, Alan Ruck, Reggie Watts, and Mackenzie Phillips, co-star in the original version of the series. The theme song was performed by Gloria Estefan, an update from the original series, only with Latin instrumentation. Despite the upbeat song, the show wasn't afraid of tackling real-world issues like homophobia, racism, mental health, single motherhood, PTSD, loss, and immigration. But it wasn't done at the expense of funny, which is an important distinction. The series was canceled after three seasons by Netflix, but then picked up for an additional season on Pop TV before being canceled again. It's a shame because it's a very likable cast and it's fun watching them on screen, 
I would have liked to seen it have the run that the original series had, because it seemed like they were just cracking the surface of the storylines that they could explore with these characters. One Day at a Time was on for four seasons, 46 episodes, from 2017 to 2020. That's all for this edition of Matt Watch That. Thanks for listening to me babble. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've reviewed or suggestions as to what movie or TV pilot I should see next, use the hashtag MattWatchThat on social. I plan on having interactive elements, so follow, subscribe, and like for all the latest news, updates, and polls. Until next time, have a good day. Arrivederci. Estelle Harris, who is Mrs. Costanza in Seinfeld and Mrs. Potato Head. Potato Head. Here's <laughs> Mr. Potato Head. He soon arrives at J.K. J.K. Rowling High School. There were guest appearances by Joe Manganello, Ray Morano. Morano, you're a friggin' Morano. <laughs>